I'm Matthew McCleary. And I'm Mitchell McCleary. And this is Movies While They Sleep, the podcast where two brothers watch movies and talk about them after their families have gone to bed. Welcome to today's episode where we watched Terrence Malick's classic masterpiece even, The Tree of Life, starring Jessica Chastain and Brad Pitt. And we are watching The Tree of Life because uh, just this past week, the end of May, it celebrated its 10-year anniversary. So if you haven't checked Tree of Life out, do yourself a favor, rent it, find it, watch it, and enjoy that experience. Right, Mitchell? Uh, That's right, Matthew. (laughs) All right, let's cut to our conversation about Tree of Life already in progress. Let's jump in, sleepyheads. I feel like tree life is pretty hard to talk about, actually. Tell me about that. Um, Because it's mysterious why it's so effective, to me at least. Mm. And I, and it, so it's mysterious why it's effective to me. And I, I find that a lot of people do not like this movie. And a lot of people think it's pretentious to like this movie. Or at least <laughs> yeah. from what I've read on the internet slash heard anecdotally from like three people yeah i don't like i just don't know people who have even seen or heard of this movie and so i feel like i exist in this bubble of like uh, i like it and i saw it 10 years ago when it came out and i've loved it since then and i don't talk about it with people uh, because nobody has the patience for it um right but why do you think that is is it it doesn't feel so like like you said impenetrable to me like oh this this is really tough to just hang with yeah and and maybe it's because i'm used to watching movies like that that like pace wise are more demanding yeah or 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 structurally more demanding like it reminded me of stalker mm-hmm. tarkovsky and run me of tarkovsky a lot yeah um because i just watched mirror too which is we're introducing a new segment this week, oh, which is yeah. things we're watching aside, not for the pod. Yep. But um, what it reminded me about with Tarkovsky is his uh, willingness to just like be still for a long time, mm. really long time. Um, like there's that one shot. I, I haven't seen the movie. I've just seen the clip of a character like walking back and forth for like eight minutes mm. in this one field. Mm-hmm. Um, and... It, that that's a good summation of the effect that a lot of his movies have, which is kind of hypnotic, mesmerizing, almost uh, yeah, like they're meditations. Mm-hmm. And what I like about it, and what I like about Terrence Malick, and especially um, Tree of Life, like I didn't experience this much or this as much in A Hidden Life, but in Tree of Life, there's so many places for me to have room to think about my life. Yeah. For a long time, yeah. not just as a quick reaction to some drama. I feel like Tree of Life is this constant invitation or building of space for the viewer to reflect. Uh, and and that, that's kind of like this intentional thing where, and the way the, way the editing is so brilliant. And, and I, it's brilliant because it's affecting and it's also brilliant because I know the guy probably has another 500 hours of footage somewhere. Right. <laughs> like the fact that he was able to piece something together is astounding. 
And Dropbox had to like <laughs> buy a new facility just to house <laughs> Terrence Malick's stuff. But but I think about the way what he will put in a little scene, an interaction between Brad Pitt as the father and the sons, and it's this like mm. it could be it it'd be a frustrating thing or or a, or a triggering thing, um, something that. Uh, evokes our own relationship with our with our parents or, or childhood memory, and then and then the next like three or four or with our kids or with our own kids, yeah, yeah, yeah. as parents, yeah. as as you know, for the two of us as husbands. Um, but then the next like three or four minutes will be like the kids walking around in the yard and nobody's talking mm-hmm. and there's not even narration and it's just music and images and. And that to me is like this purposeful like space that he's building into what you're seeing um, where, you know, especially now, like 2021 movies are paced faster than ever. Right. And like uh, I they have to be. Yeah. Um, you know. And so we have Tree of Life, this movie that I think Malik intentionally builds in this space that is is there to give you the opportunity to not simply react but react and then reflect and it's a different kind of it it feels almost so pretentious to have even this conversation but that's what that's what the movie is inviting and um it's you know he's really i think playing with structure in such an interesting way um and and it's all about uh, like a retraining you of like, hey, this is actually how I want you to watch this movie. <laughs> I right. I want you to uh, feel these things and then have the space to reflect on them. Every, I mean, right. Yeah. That's what it is, is the constant whiplash of like intense nostalgia. Yeah. Or uh, like what you're saying where it's, everything's nostalgia, even if it's stuff that I've never experienced. Yeah. It's like I have experienced like long summer days. Yeah as a kid you know and it's a similar feeling regardless of the era or the geography but then it's like slammed up against these like you know montages of nature or or even like the last 15 minutes which is just like some of the most beautiful segments i don't know it's not how would you even describe the last 15 minutes of it like how would i describe it in what way what it is well it just feels it feels uh it like feels, a departure from the rest yeah, of the movie. Well, yes. And it does and it doesn't, right? Let, let, well, let me set the stage a little bit for what this movie is about as much as we can. And then I think that gives us a little bit of context for the conversation, right? Tree Life, it is uh, ostensibly focused on this character, Jack, who is the oldest son of, um, uh, oldest of three brothers in a small town in Texas in the 60s. Brad Pitt's his dad, Jessica Chastain's his mom. And, uh, you know, he's a young boy for most of the bulk of the movie. Right. Um, and I think, I think it would be fair to say that a lot of the movie feels as though it is supposed to be flashbacks or memories from the point of view of, um, adult Jack played by Sean Penn. Right. Like it's, it's Sean Penn looking back on his child and having these memories, also the creation of the world and then yes 20 minutes in we have this detour where we watch the creation of the universe um and 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 it's i mean we talk about we'll talk about that because it's one of my 
it, it's an amazing sequence. Um, yeah. And and so you have this detour of the creation of all things, and then it kind of really comes back to this the bulk of the movie from that point on. Sean Penn drops out of it a little bit, and you just get this kind of series of memories and the story of this family. Um, because in the beginning, you learn that his younger brother will eventually die in um, right. in, a, in a war. Um, and but but the bulk of the movie focuses on you know a couple of maybe a year of their childhood. Yeah, it's like the timeline is uh, the finding about finding out about the death of the brother, and they're like in their twenties, yeah. the, the, the brothers yeah. at this point, and then it fast forwards to the end, or like Sean Penn as an old, as an older man. Yeah, and and then it goes back, so it's like a middle end. Yes beginning yeah and sort of later and uh before we go back to their childhood we get the creation of the world and um so we go way yeah. back <laughs> and but but i think part of the point of that too because it seems to me in those early scenes with uh, old jack is uh I, maybe i don't know if you read it this way but um it seems to maybe it's like an anniversary of his brother's death there's some mm, sig- some yeah. significance about the day or something that is making him reflect He's thinking on about it for a reason yeah, yeah. Um, so maybe it's an anniversary of the death or his brother's birthday or something. He's thinking about him. And then like this story of this family, then this is like the, what I love about Malik, uh, is it is put in the context of all things, uh, uh, of the ever expanding all, you know, known universe. And obviously that comes from, um, the beginning of the film is the the first f- frames of the movie is the quote from the book of job um yeah. which is job 38 i'm just going to read it it's, this is um this is uh, job right the biblical character of job uh god has uh, allowed for uh satan to like wreck his life his his kids have died all of his you know his house burned down all of his cattle he, he's got boils on his body he is a destroyed man and he spends most of Job like not complaining about God and, and his friends urge him to abandon God or forsake him and everybody gives him bad advice. And then he gets to this breaking point and he's kind of questioning God about the pain and suffering that he's gone through. And then God like shows up and responds. And this is the quote that Malik uses to begin the movie. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. And I love, I mean, and God's uh, God's monologue in the book of Job goes on and on and on. But I love that like single quote that Malik pulls because that's the question that these characters are asking. And like, it's narration, but it almost feels like prayers um, throughout the movie of, uh, right, of this right. real like deep angst and questioning of why why the brother died. You hear the mom you know, really question God about why right. he, he would let her, and you see them go to the funeral, why he would let her her son die. You see, you hear Sean Penn and narration ask the questions, like, was he bad, right? Because there's such this ingrained, bad people die, right. good people live these good lives, right? Ingrained in, in him. And he also says, like, he was the best yeah, of us. Yeah, because he... he like, the most pure. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because that's like most fo- and and they show like all these clips of like him learning guitar and kind mm-hmm. of just being like like it, throughout throughout the childhood segment of the film, 
he he there is a sense of more wonder with this kid. yeah well and there's shots in the church when they go to church um where malik will focus on a stained glass of jesus yeah. and then the next shot is the younger brother <laughs> And right. it's like the kind of this constant match on action, uh, drawing a connection between the brother and Jesus. It's like the, the layering of images yeah. subconsciously is yes. drawing those comparisons. Yeah. Or not comparisons, but like that feeling. Mm-hmm. And and so, you know, Jack's reality that his, his brother was so good and pure is so at odds with his bad, bad theology that bad people die young and good mm. people prosper. Um, and so it's this questioning of God. How did you let this happen? And that's like God's response. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? And Malik says, hey, let's go see that. <laughs> let, right. Let's go watch the foundations of the earth. Let's, and then the, the next verse, let's, when... Let's put it in context. When the morning stars sang together and you see like the expanded, like, I mean, just stardust in the universe and, uh, and, and like just you know, gas giants blowing up and galaxies expanding. I mean, it's one of the most beautiful sequences in a movie like ever. And it's just like space stuff. (laughs) Right. I I don't know. How, how was that? Cause this is the first time you watched tree of life. How was that sequence for you? Cause I I feel like that sequence has become kind of infamous to this movie. Right. I thought it was beautiful. I mean, I li- I'm I liked like part of what was striking me about it was obviously the the religious themes mm-hmm. and ideas that he's exploring and then it's like slammed up against, you know, like the big bang yeah. theory yeah. even or even like dinosaurs and the comet, you know. And uh kind of the scientific uh worldview along with like a reading of Job. Mm-hmm. And I feel like those usually aren't uh, like worldviews that get along, yeah. I guess, and and um, it's and I, I think Malik is so fascinating because I think he's clearly a guy who I don't want to say like I, I, he's probably a Christian. Oh I, yeah, I was gonna say I don't I don't even mean to suggest like oh he's like a traditional evangelical Christian. No, no, because no, he's reading Job no. or interested in biblical stories. You know? Yeah, um, but to bring those two together so seamlessly yes and i think what's is rare what i love about him is that he doesn't he doesn't see those two things as at odds with one another and and he's okay with that tension because he's like yeah let's like kind of uh let's let's look at the scientific aspect of this and i'm just going to completely center it on uh what i know about god and right and like this is and like everything about the movie is god's hand in this right. and this amazing unfolding of all creation um yeah right yeah and i i think the the feeling i walked away with from that sequence and it's an overall feeling i have from the entire movie is just like being in awe of life oh yeah in general and and existing it at all yeah or like you know, having one summer afternoon with like a great breeze yeah. with your friends. It's like, it's so unbelievable that you get to have that, yeah. you know, because um, there, there's a moment he actually CGI some dinosaurs into this thing, which for like, for like a minute, I was like, I could do another 20 minutes of just watching dinosaurs hang oh, out. I'm telling here. you, me too. <laughs> 
but when that like raptor yeah. predator dinosaur spares the um you know the little yeah. guy there's a moment where a raptor is stepping on the head of another dinosaur that's smaller and and then it lifts it up and just walks off yeah. and uh i, I forget he kind of cuts right after that to i think it's the family in Texas. and it's the mother's narration immediately following that um yeah and and it is it's obviously he is so so one of the big themes of the movie and this is you hear this a lot in the narration from the mom is these kind of two separate paths that uh, presumably people any anyone can choose in life so mm-hmm. i think the language of the movie is the the way of grace and the way of nature right. and uh grace i don't know how does the mom describe that uh grace is a constant sacrifice Mm -hmm. and and kind of the pursuit of of love which is very different than pleasure yes and and kind of and kind of living for you and you alone yeah yeah so it's not the self-focused self-centered love but it's the self-giving for the sake of others sacrificial and i do find uh a lot of it too she talks about this at one point in the film of I think it's like it's like a, an encouragement, an exhortation to her sons, right? Lo- love everything, right? Love the leaves right. and the flowers and the trees, and um, it like find God in this. Yes, thing. find yeah. the joy, find the beauty in everything, and so yeah, that's that's her. And in the very beginning of the movie, we do get this like kind of just a, like two minutes of early childhood of hers. Um, mm. And that it, it kind of like that's where she comes from is this way of grace. And then right. in opposition to that is the way of nature, which is represented by Brad Pitt and the dad. Right. And it is early lessons of you need to take what you get in mm-hmm. life. You need to get, just get after it because it is not fair and it'll come. It'll consume <clears throat> you. So you need to get ahead of it. Like typified so well in this, like they're hanging out in the backyard and he's like, okay, hit me, hit me, punch me. And he's teaching his boys how to punch him in the face because they need to know that because that's the world. Right. Right. And, and then you got to learn to punch. Yeah. Back. And, and yeah. I mean, everything about that character is, is hardness and grief yeah. and lament about how the world has treated him. Right. And and this constant like choosing to be bitter about it, basically. Right. Re- reaction to how the quote unquote world is treating you and having that perspective versus you are in the world. Yeah. And things happen and you make choices, but it's like happening at you yes. to you and it's a battle. Yeah. And yeah. and then you get that sequence of the two dinosaurs. <laughs> and right you know you have this wounded dinosaur and it's like it's amazing because i think i it's and i i knew it was going to happen but it's like the 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 predator comes up and you you think for a second oh this is the nature thing this is the the predator killing because brutality brutality, yeah and instead i think it's malik is almost making this argument for like like the language is wrong Right. The, like, like we say it's the way of nature and he sets us up for saying this is like the most raw version of nature. It's dinosaurs. Right. Right. And they the, these this this predator dinosaur is actually uh, 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 expressing this extraordinary grace toward another dinosaur. <laughs> right. Like, all right. I see you. 
I, I, I got to work harder for, for my meal. I don't want to kick you out your dinner. Yeah, and, and I think part of it is like that doesn't make any sense, but grace doesn't make any sense. Right. Or or even like, you know, the what makes sense of life. Of yeah. Like why would our perfect son be taken? Yeah. You know, versus all the monster monstrous people in the world. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? And, no. Yeah. And, and it is this... It's kind of uh, almost like the subversion of expectations, the the, yeah. the creation stuff with the with the dinosaurs, um, and and I feel like some of the argument is like actually the way of grace is the way that everything was supposed to be made for, and 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 it's it's actually people that kind of have have ruined this. Like right. we're choosing like more brutality. The, the choice even. Yeah, we're choosing more brutality than than the animals. Um, right. And, oh man, I'd take 20 minutes of dinosaurs. <laughs> I know. They, they were so emotive, too. Like, I was genuinely a little, like, the, the, the aggression with which that thing walked yeah. up. I was like, this is intense. Yeah. Um, and it's, I, 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 like, it's aged pretty good, I would say, this, the effects. Sure. Because this was made in 2011. 2011. Yeah. 2011. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, for for 2011, when this came out, I remember being really like, oh, wow, like this is like understated CG. I was going to ask, so when did you first see this? I saw this like within a couple months of its theatrical release. And just because you were in the know with movies? and uh, I was in a film class. I was finishing up films. I was finishing up my degree. So this was like late 2011. I graduated spring of 12. Um mm-hmm. And I actually think I watched this in the spring of 2012 uh, in that Oscar season. And mm. and so I was trying to get catch up on all the Oscar-nominated stuff. And tre- Was it nominated for Best Nominated Picture? for Best Picture, Best Director, um, best, best Cinematography. Yeah, snubbed. We, we could talk about that later. But, um, yeah, so I, so I had seen it. But I also, like, I was a bit – I like Brad – Brad Pitt was great. Like I was a fan. Like this is a couple years after Bastards, right? Like this yeah. this great. Like he starts doing really interesting. Yeah, he's stuff. doing really interesting work, and so, so yeah. I'm like, okay, great. Um, and I had seen the trailer, and I'm like, this this thing seems incredible. And yeah. um, so I saw it, and the first time I saw, it, I had no inkling grid, yeah, uh, for what the movie was, but no inkling for this insane segment in the middle of uh, did you have a grid for malik no this is the first chance malik i'd ever seen oh you know what actually no and i have a story about the new world <laughs> i saw the new world the like week it came out in theaters in 2005 so i was uh would have been like a sophomore in high school oh that's so funny and it was uh it was like it was like like this is different it was like january february it was one of those three-day weekends at the beginning of the year and my friends had a month my friends and i had a monday off and mm-hmm. one of our friends <laughs> his we were like gonna go see a movie like 10 a.m on a monday because whatever and uh, uh it, one of my friends his girlfriend like bought tickets ahead of time even though like we hadn't all agreed on the new world um we mm-hmm. just knew it was that pocahontas movie with colin farrell and christian bale <laughs> and so we went and like uh, very early on the six sophomores of us like realized this was a mistake because 
everyone else in the theater was over 70 and right and like we were i mean You're like it's not live action <laughs> Uh, just a Disney movie, live action. Uh, I mean, we were so rude. We were the worst. We were so bored. We had no idea what was going on. We were texting each other. And then one of my friends was like, no, this is a good movie. This is like valuable. We all need to enjoy it. You guys, you guys are being lame. And, uh, this is art. Yeah. This yeah, is art. yeah. You monsters. <clears throat> Uh, I can guess which uh-huh. friend. Well, I, he knows who he is, and I love him. And we've talked. We we've recently talked about this. Um, and I have since gone he, back and seen the New World. It's gonna say he was right. He's right. That movie is incredible. And it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I. You simpleton. <laughs> but but yeah. So I I saw Tree of Life, and I remember the first time watching it. This. All of a sudden, I'm like, what's going on? The world, the Big Bang, like the world. And then it's that first shot of the dinosaur, which is the shot on the beach of this like big marine dinosaur at sunset. Which is washed up from all its uh, like this, the organisms, the cells dividing. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember being so like overcome by like overwhelmed was it was right. the only way to describe how I felt the first time seeing this like what is happening and it was so beautiful because right you never see dinosaurs in that context I, no and that's that's exactly what I was going to say it it's not the Jurassic Park dinosaur in Jurassic Park like when you first see dinosaurs in that it is awe inspiring right but it's always about like the the power of the dinosaurs right. and it's not about like the beauty of creation Right. And it's it's always all it's Spielberg. I mean, and he's great, but it's there's a little bit of fear in it. There's a little bit of right. He's going for something. Yeah, he's and, and yeah, he's yeah. Just, it is what it is. And Malik is he's like no, we're just going for beauty and majesty of all creation. Right. And I like he's reframing a tradition like a, a thing that we're used to seeing in only one kind of context. Yes, and being like no, but that that also would have existed in. On, you know, on the beach at sunset. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, wow. You're right. You know? <laughs> T- taking washed up. Yeah, taking sunset beach imagery. Uh, like I feel like when you picture that that era, you know, of dinosaurs walking the earth, it's all just like vegetation and like madness. It's real. You know? It's real like land before time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's pretty u- unique to see him presented yeah. that way yeah or yeah see just to see it presented that yeah way. um yeah so i i just remember like yeah i just i had no idea what was happening and but i knew i was like oh yeah this this is really working for me um yeah and i still think that whole sequence is really effective i i want to i want to kind of put maybe a bow on this conversation we've been having about grace and nature and because yeah. i think I think what strikes me so much about Malik is he, there's like a, a there's a deafness with which he um, covers and and expresses these ideas. Um, he, he has right. he has such a handle on that, it. He has that like thesis statement up front yeah. from the mom, and then he proves it the whole movie. Yeah, and and <laughs> like I'm a pastor. I spend a lot of I, I preach. I don't preach every week, but I preach occasionally. And when I'm preparing a sermon, I, I spend a lot of time thinking about sermon illustrations <laughs> and they're never that good. Right. Um, right. And, and like Malik is like, Oh no, I just, I'm going to talk about grace here. And here's like, here's two hours 
of basically illustrations of this pretty pretty perfectly. And it really struck me on this viewing. Um, and maybe this is why, in some ways, the movie can be difficult. Um, because it is a series of memories. It's a series of mm-hmm. moments, of little episodes in the lives of these young boys in this family. And and they're definitely, you know, eras. You know, there's the, the section where dad is on like long business trip and there's a different energy mm-hmm. there. There's a segment, you know, where he's at school and getting into trouble. There's the, 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 the beginnings of rebellion and some weird, like being mean to the neighborhood animals and breaking windows, you know, like you, you get all this. Um, but, but at the same time, all of that kind of stuff washes in blends in together. And so it's easy to almost get lost in it, I think. And, and, and maybe lose sight of the themes that are going on. And, or maybe if you're more used to it, like a, if you're looking for a more traditional narrative to tr- be looking for that and not. Right. You're, you're expecting the reason he's showing this scene is because it's going to contribute directly to moving the plot forward, yeah. which isn't how this movie operates. Yeah. So you have this uh, scene with the brothers, I don't know if they're out in the woods or something and they've got like a BB gun and, Jack says to his younger brother, RL, who dies, um, he wants him to put his finger on the on the barrel of the BB gun and he's going to shoot. Mm-hmm. And he says, it's not going to hurt you. Right. And mm-hmm. like Jack knows better. But the brother, right. but the brother says, I, I trust you. I trust you. I right. trust you. And and it's this incredible abuse of that trust. And mm-hmm. Jack shoots him and it like, I mean, I don't know, it doesn't maim him or anything, but it hurts. Like he shoots right. his brother in the hand. It's a crappy thing right. to do. <laughs> and 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 so that's there's this incredible breakdown of this relationship. It's an abuse, a, a, a misuse of the trust that the younger brother has toward Jack. And and that like Jack using his power to mm-hmm. to wound his brother. And then you get his experience to get yeah, ahead. And and it's totally the way of nature, everything the movie's been talking about. And then you get this scene with them, like the brother's okay. They've calmed down. Jack is just experiencing just extraordinary guilt and shame. And his response to that shame is going to his brother and saying, hit me. You can hit me. You can do whatever you want to right. me. I want you to hit me. And uh, do you remember what the brother does in response? He pretends to yeah. hit him. But yeah, he takes like a piece of wood and like lightly yeah. taps him basically. Yeah. And or like he he would like yeah pretend like he's going in and then you know not and then just laugh it off yeah like he doesn't he doesn't want to do an eye for an eye exactly he is withholding the the retribution that his brother deserves right. and his brother is typifying perfectly the theme of the movie of the way of grace and right. and that that ends up i think being a climactic moment in the like memory section of the film yeah um, because i think you go almost right from that's very near towards the end uh you go almost from that to the final sequence uh adult jack right. and, and it's almost like this is the transforming memory for him of this moment where he received total undeserved grace from his brother Right. And, and he's trying to reconcile the like everything <laughs> what's what's well everything and the fate of that brother yes 
you know, who again in his memory is kind of, you know, the, the grace choosing, loving, pure person. Yeah. And then the final sequence is Jack on this kind of very strange, almost alien landscape. And like, yeah, you know what's nice about that mm. is because up until that point where it's like, it's pretty clear that this isn't actually happening. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like he's not all of a sudden on this like ju- Jurassic like uh, like uh, Badlands, bat or what's a like like fossilized yeah. beach, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, because the whole movie up until then he's just in his office yes. building, yeah. which is like towering glass. You know, oh man, and great like juxtaposition like, to all the green trees, nature of the childhood. Right, right, and like he's just trapped in this modern, like mm-hmm. like soulless world. Uh, and I love there's because there's a shot that he gets of I think it's an oak tree outside mm-hmm. that you know kind of playing on tree of life. The uh, big, the big tree. It. Is that yeah? Yeah, but he. Yeah, he layers that shot into the movie like three mm-hmm. or four times, um, and then there's a tree in this yes, office I, building. Yes, I love of his that. That's like, like imprisoned by the modernism. You yeah, know? it's it's like one of those like some constructions happening, and they're doing the landscaping outside of the building, and they've like imported some trees that have been growing somewhere else, and so the whole yeah, root well, system it, of the tree is in this wooden box, about ready to go into the ground. Well, it looked like those like um, architectural drawings that are like proposal for yeah. future cities, yes. where it's like, look, a whole forest that's inside, <laughs> you know, that we get a benefit from the beauty of yeah. it, but we're also like in our in our very controlled environment. Yeah. Versus, yeah, like you were saying, the memories of, of summer, like windows open, wind blowing through, uh, just freedom, you know, constant interaction with nature and uh mm. just to fast forward to adulthood and be like contained yeah kind of kind of the life yeah. drained and like the awe and wonder of life mm-hmm. is not there so uh so you were saying yeah, that the the final sequence where he's in this kind of visionary place of like breaking out oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah i see what you're saying yeah yeah <clears throat> but it, it mainly mainly i would just i liked that intentionality with showing mm-hmm. the tree shot in these different contexts yeah. and yeah. the and the just how clear uh the the contrast is yeah and, and it's almost like the landscape is kind of the natural world version of the glass metal box it's this arid right it's all deserted shiny, place blue yeah. yeah um so yeah jack like ends up going through this doorway out in the middle of this alien landscape and which is such a nice like yeah trick moment yeah. uh what do you mean oh wait so i'm thinking of two different things there's one where there's just a doorway in the middle mm-hmm. of like the the desert mm-hmm. fossilized beach for time out that opens up and the framing's just really mm-hmm. nice but then there's a moment where i think he's he sees his mother mm-hmm. in his childhood home and she opens mm-hmm. the door and it's on that like yes ever expanding yeah. beach yeah yeah um and I think there's a there's a line about him at that point, like reflecting on his brother as this person of grace. And I think he says, like, lead us. Like, like it's this mm. it's this like 
him almost like a prayer to his brother of like, you're the person we should be following, right? And and right. in doing so, and that feels this like this transformative moment of him reflecting on his memories in his childhood, and that mm-hmm. key memory of this this, this uh, uh, extension of grace toward him, and then he walks through the doorway, and then it's this it's the final sequence of right. this ever expanding beach, and um, I don't know how would you describe the last ten fifteen minutes. Um. I mean, it's it's almost like this. It's almost like a resurrection. It is. It's his family is there, and there's embrace, yeah. and there is new life, and there is. It's like a trip. It's like a heavenly yeah, trip. Yeah. Yes. You know. Um. It it is. It reminds me of. Um. There's a a lyric from the hymn "I'll Fly Away." Um. Mm. And. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's the first verse. Uh, Some glad morning when this life is over, I'll fly away to a home on God's celestial shore. I'll fly away. Right. And it, it, it's, it kind of is that imagery of this is the shore of eternity, uh, of, right. of new life and grace and resurrection. His family's yes. there, but like still kind of frozen in his childhood mm-hmm. memory mm-hmm. of them. Like all, all, all the people on the beach are like the clothes are from from the sixties. It's the people from his memories, but it, it feels yeah. almost like this restoration or and a reconciliation of. Um, yeah, to me, it kind of felt like, and even his mother too, like with her hands going up. Mm-hmm. That sequence of like the acceptance of, yes, her son being gone. Yeah, and that's the final line. I, oh, yeah, of uh, it's her prayer to to God or something of. I give you my son. I, I give him right. to you. It's this yielding to, uh, I mean, I, I think in the context of the movie, to, to God, uh, and it's an acceptance. Right. To grace. Yeah. I, it's it's extraordinary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and um, you know, I'm sh- I, I know I would have liked this movie a lot even before having a kid, mm. but it is such a trip. Oh, man. J- just having a little bit of context. I mean, you know, Abel's one and a half, but even then, you know, there's so many visceral shots in this thing that you just plot yourself in. And you're just a constant reminder of like, God, life's amazing, isn't it? Oh my gosh. Like, even when it's really hard, it's amazing. I found the movie to be constantly convicting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when she when she says uh, the only way to happiness is to love, mm-hmm. and uh, if you don't love, your life will just flash by. Mm. It's like, why is that true? <laughs> it, it so is, you know. Like I even picture just, and and love looks like a lot of different things. But I just picture, you know, when I choose to be on my phone mm-hmm. for long periods of time, mm-hmm. or when I'm consumed by work mm-hmm. more than I should be. Or, so or, so this know, is just good. choosing choo- choosing to prioritize something like that over yeah, you know, because I don't think. I don't think in the way that the mother uh, is talking, I don't think she means to create a dichotomy between love and hate, but it's almost like uh, right, like right. intentional experiential love and passive, uh, I, I, you know, uh, right. disengagement, which is the dad so much of the time. Right, right. It's intentional 
stepping into the beauty mm-hmm. of life. Because the Brad Pitt character... Which is really easy to not yeah. do. That's, that sounds like the easiest acceptance of an invitation ever. Yeah. Easiest doorway to walk through ever. But it's actually... It, like, it, it, it's so easy to be distracted yeah. from that. Because the, the father character doesn't hate his sons. He doesn't hate his family. I think he loves his family. Right. Uh, right. But he's bitter all the time. <laughs> Right. And so in his bitterness, it's he doesn't engage at all. I right. mean, he does in moments of the movie, but, uh, you know, he 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 chooses to, to disengage. Right. When he did. Yeah. And he yeah, he and that's that's I, I appreciate the um, the nuance there because, mm-hmm. yeah, he I mean, he's got like some of his scenes are some of the most beautiful in the movie of like holding his son's foot yeah. in his hand, yeah. you know, which is the cover, yeah. the poster yeah. and the cover. Um, and so we get glimpses of the awe that he, he shares too. Yeah. So it's not just a like static character that, that he represents this. You can only do that. And, and that's what's so funny but, is, is there's so much of that in the movie of him, him is stepping in and leaning into experiences mm-hmm. like, but that's not my memory of, <laughs> of right. him as I've even just reflecting on the movie. I yeah like immediately I'm picturing the, dinner table like, scenes hit, dinner table the hit me mm-hmm. the like constant neck grabbing yeah. like he's got like he's got this way of grabbing the, the boys necks and like leading them along yeah. but in, him in sitting a, reading in the den and like kind of eyeing them as they're coming in from outside yeah like why aren't you showing me affection mm-hmm. right now? He, he'll ask mm-hmm. them you know or, or even do you in love his, your father uh, right even in his creative pursuits yeah there, there's a distance yeah. with the boys of like man this guy appreciates music and art and mm-hmm. is you know a great musician and and like there's a depth there that like you would think would not come with a character like no that. it's amazing you know what I'm the, well, I think yeah. about that scene where he's inside playing the piano and he plays a piece mm-hmm. and then his son is trying to emulate it on the guitar out on the porch. Right. How special that and, is. And you can just see Brad Pitt plays it so perfectly and subtly that he yeah. does not let himself just totally cross into this sentimentality and Oozing joy. Yeah, no. for your son. But, but you can tell this is like the most meaningful thing to this dad. But they're right. not talking. They're not in the same room. Right. And and Sean Penn's small Sean Penn. I don't know the actor's name. J- the young Jack. 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 Jack as a child definitely notices these moments of uh, and like intense jealousy. Preference. Yeah. Yeah. yeah pre- like not preference, but you know, like shared interests with the father yeah. and his brother, and kind of leads to some of his bitterness towards his dad. But yeah. All that to say, I, I appreciate the because it, it, it hits you harder because it reminds you that you are Brad Pitt too. Like you're you're both the mom and Brad Pitt in in what you choose to value based on the day yeah. or your mood, you know. And you see it in Jack. It's amazing. Like I, th- I think that kid uh, adopts so many of the the habits and and personality of his dad, even mm-hmm. as he's like even as he makes fun of his dad, you know, there's the, right. the, I love the scene where the dad's out of town and the boys are running around in the yard doing their impressions of dad. <laughs> yeah. 
do you slam that door? <laughs> yeah, and that's like that's their that's their impression is you slam that door, you got to do it quieter. And but like that's also Jack, how Jack behaves. That's how he is toward his brothers. That's how he is in the neighborhood right. with his friends. And I, he, he's playing with this the way we the way we adapt personality traits from our parents or our family or our friends but also the way we can be really unaware of that right even as even yeah. as we were critical of it if you don't make the choice it's 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 coming for you yeah as a as a default yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. learned behavior yeah so uh you had never seen this before and you responded pretty positively to this movie I think it's fair to say. Right. I I love this movie, right. and it was definitely a different experience revisiting this as a dad. I I rewatched it a couple years ago when the Blu-ray Criterion came out. Mm-hmm. Um, but did you get it? Yeah, yeah, I I own that. Um, oh, nice. It's funny. Uh, I had seen somewhere where it was like a Criterion exec or Malik, maybe or or maybe as a cinematographer because Malik doesn't do a lot of interviews. Um, was talking about what they had wanted to do with the Blu-ray. And it was kind of an unprecedented thing that Criterion, like basically from the moment this movie like premiered at Cannes, Criterion said, hey, we want to take the Blu-ray. Can we do this? And yeah. give you the opportunity to do this crazy director's cut, right? Like, And Malik's goal, because there's a technology that exists now and, and did at the time with Blu-ray players where you could... Um, create you know all this all these scenes and let the blu-ray almost like uh, create an algorithm where it creates a film unto itself oh like kind of randomizing the scenes scenes and sequences um and so he and he had hundreds of hours of footage that didn't exist so he wanted to do almost this like choose your own adventure every time you watch it you are getting a different experience of a movie and they, they ended up scrapping the project because it wasn't a universal feature on blu-ray players uh, you know so they couldn't you know it's it just for for use usability and that kind of thing but i just that that idea is insane to me <laughs> right. um anyways how fascinating the project yeah becomes. i mean and 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 there is a really amazing director's cut that has 50 additional minutes that is um has some like kind of unique stuff like there i think there's like a scene where a tornado comes into town um Mm. like some some big kind of sequences that that are um, definitely worth watching it's um it it, so it's really good i i watched it a few years ago but at the time i I, we had enoch but he wasn't here in in the u.s so i wasn't like full-time dad mode and so to to watch this as a dad was a very uh, different experience um but I bring this up, positive experience watching the movie. You and I have talked to a number of people. I don't know a lot of people that have seen this movie. Some people watched it for because they heard we were doing this for the pod. You watched it yeah. with some people. And and like the people that I talked to were like, oh, that was really depressing. That was right. that was really right. sad. I didn't need to be I didn't need to feel the that. <laughs> right. And I I don't know. Like, why do, why do you think that is? Yeah. Like, just the difference in reaction from us? Yeah. I don't know. Um, my first thought is, like, I walked away saying, I'm so excited that I have whatever time I have left oh, yeah. to engage with beauty in this life. 
which that might sound pretentious saying from just like watching the movie, but like I would imagine if you had lived a lot more life and maybe weren't stoked with how you chose Mm -hmm. to engage with it. I'm not saying those people regret how they lived their life, but I could see, I mean, I'll probably even watch this when I'm older and say like, man, why I should, why did I not throw my phone in the trash? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And just like spend time with my family Yeah, and and like spend time with my family in a way where you're actually really present, you know? So like, I, I, I can imagine some level of regret of man, there's so there's so much beauty to experience, and it 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 does take a choice to do it. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I I I'm curious about the nostalgia of it all, because um, Malik is like trafficking in nostalgia, right? Every every right. scene and sequence is like memory, and and I, I I'm always astounded by how effective it is because they're like you had said, it doesn't matter that my childhood looked basically nothing like this. I watch this and feel intense nostalgia for childhood. (laughs) There is a universality to what he is uh, portraying. Um, Right. But I wonder, you know, because like, like, I don't know, you you watched it with our mom. Mm -hmm. She had a kind of similar reaction to what we're describing. I think she liked, she, she she seemed positive about the movie, but one of the things she had expressed to me was, man, it kind of, kind of, difficult childhood and um and and there's some like sad stuff there i you know i don't know and i was like yeah that that is what it is she wasn't she wasn't crazy about being kind of reminded yeah of some some of the ways the world or even parents used to yeah and and right like she was she was born in in that decade right like so so that's so much more familiar um uh, right. Man, Mitchell, I'm about to bring up one of our favorite topics. You ready? Hey, uh, season finale of season one of Mad Men. Uh, <laughs> and that is I know it's just the only show I ever want to watch. Ever. <laughs> it's the it's the Kodak Carousel pitch. You know, I just there's a podcast that uh, I watch called Podcast But Outside. Okay. And from day day one, they said their goal was to have Don to have a. John Ham, uh, John Ham as a guest, uh-huh. and they they talk about it almost every episode. And then on the two hundredth episode, they got oh him. Oh my gosh! So I'm, I I want to start manifesting that. Uh, okay, energy. okay, let's manifest John, John Ham to talk about his favorite movie <laughs> on movies. Also. Okay, all right, John Ham, come on, come on, manifesting. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, what happened? In Mad uh, the Mad Men season one uh, finale. Um, I you know, I just looked up the quote. So, um, but he's doing the Kodak. Uh, it's like a carousel, you know, picture projector uh, kind of deal, and, and right. he is. Um, the, He's like, it's not a donut; it's a carousel. Well, well, they had been selling it as like this futuristic thing, and and he was like, no, you're looking at it the wrong way. Like photos and memories are nostalgic, and she's talking about nostalgia, and this is what he says: he says nostalgia, it's delicate but potent. Someone told me that in Greek, nostalgia literally means the pain from an old wound. It's a twinge in your heart, far more powerful than memory alone. This device isn't a spaceship. It's a time machine. It goes backwards and forwards. It takes us to a place where we ache to go again. It's not called the wheel. It's called the carousel. 
It lets us travel the way a child travels around and around and back home again to a place we know we are loved. That's why he gets paid the big, I know, big bucks. I know, I know. Uh, and that's that's how I see this movie. And and mm. like even as I'm reading the rest of that quote, because I always remember the beginning, this nostalgia is this uh, pain from an old wound, the mm. the twinge in your heart from this distant memory and longing to go back. I think about that all the time. Right. Uh, but the rest of that quote of the way memories work and the round the round and round nature of it, um, and uh, it's like, oh, that's what this movie is. There's this like right. s- cyclical montage over and over again of nostalgia and childhood, <laughs> and that's yeah, yeah. And you just sent me the screenshot of um, the 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 circular spiral. Uh, what is this? The stained, stained glass, glass in the church. Yeah, yeah. Um, boy, I bet Terrence Malick watched that finale of Mad Men. So that's yeah. He's like, we need that. I, in there. I'm gonna make a movie about this. <laughs> But yeah, I hear what you're saying. Because, I mean, even, like I said, with that tree shot, there's some shots that are repeated yeah. often. And that, like, are just beat for beat the same shot and does, has that layering effect. Yeah. You know? And I think I think that's what's so powerful about the movie is it's not just like, oh, man, it was crazy in the 60s. But, right. But it's, it's specifically drawing you into nostalgia, which is, which is painful. Right. And and it's a wonder that so much of culture is built on nostalgia, right? Like Right. You know, I uh John Hodgman is someone that we both kind of read and listen to his podcast. He always says nostalgia is a toxic impulse. And right. and his explanation of that is that we we look at the past with such kind of reverence and kind of the rose-colored glasses kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, but it was never that good. And it was never that bad. Uh, right. But we can't we can't fall into the trap of idealizing the past. Right. I mean, part of it for me is even just looking at screenshots of the movie and I'm seeing like a shot of one of the brothers as a baby and it's like slammed up next to like one of these celestial explosions. Mm. And, like, part of, like, I'm having nostalgia for Abel as a kid seeing this baby, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think part of it is the reminder that things are going quickly. Yes. Like, like, and even, like, him zooming out and doing the Big Bang all the way to, like, this family yeah. in the 50s. It's like, things are going. They do not stop. And they won't. Yeah. And, like, you need to get, like, squeeze as much out of this experience as you can yeah you know that's what i'm reminded of at least when i like was watching you know these boys run around neighborhood i'm like man life is going yeah that part that that phase or uh that um you know part of my life is is gone forever yeah it's like i i don't want to ever like look back on um on parts on chunks of my life and say like man That was a bummer I wasn't more present or, yeah. you know, trying to, like I said, squeeze as much beauty out of it as possible. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what your freaking phone does, man. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm just turning this podcast into an anti-phone cast. But yeah, was, we were we were sitting after dinner tonight 
um, looking at old photos, you know, I mean, we talked about this on, on the podcast, um, of like the way that it, on the tenant episode, the way our phones were like, Oh, here's some pictures from like Ugh. random dates that you should, you know, look at. And we're looking at these photos of Enoch from like four that, that years ago. That was a ago. tenant reaction. Not yeah, a, I know. I know. Telling a story. Reaction. I know. Uh, you didn't, re- you didn't react. So. <laughs> we were looking at these photos of Enoch from like four years ago. Real. I mean, he's so little and he loves to watch it. And we and just oh my gosh the nostalgia for like a three year old version of our son, but like every like the circumstances of our life at that time were so hard and difficult right and there's there's no desire to go back to that right but but deep nostalgia for for that stage in his life but some days you want to yeah a little bit yeah or or just stop we just want like time to slow down yeah it's powerful yeah. And that's that's how I feel about this movie, the 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 pain of nostalgia, and that's what I think mm-hmm. Malik does so effectively and so subtly, and and yeah. it's just kind of it's these memories that are, are 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 draw you so into like childhood and the universality of it, but then he just pushes you right up against oh, just a little bit of twinge of of of, of uh, resistance and friction in it. Um, yeah it's really incredible yeah and it's so much more effective slammed up against the macro mm-hmm. yes the you're talking about the creation yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah speaking of you know the, the the forward movement of time right like we have this sequence of creation on this grand scale of of, of you know right centuries and thousands of years or whatever it is and um and then it just you know it, it moves from that basically to the birth of jack and right the 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 singularity of that the the it's just incredible yeah the the fast forward the like how insignificant this family's life is in comparison to what right. we just watched right exactly but and yet yeah, and yet here's two hours packed with meaning and significance. <laughs> yeah, it, it's more than anything. That, like to me, it's there's so much mystery to like e- even like wh- why is this more meaningful? You know, w- one of the moments spending with family, summer days, whatever. Then like. I don't know, some dumb thing at work. Like we cut to Sean Penn's character and he's in a boardroom mm-hmm. meeting. It's like meaning is actually pretty mysterious, but mm. it's, we, we know it's there. Yeah. You know, like if you want to take the more nihilistic, like, you know, in comparison to the world starting, like what is, we are so insignificant compared to like the infinity of the sure. universe. Right. It's like, Okay then why am I feeling so much at yeah. this moment? Yeah. Uh, and that's, like, I mean, it, because it's not insignificant actually. No. And that's not like, that's not the Malik view. <laughs> right. Right. And that's why I think drawing, like drawing those comparisons mm-hmm. or like slamming those images up next to each other mm-hmm. and then, and then not having that, that take. Mm-hmm. Cause you hear that a lot of like, just remember, like, whenever you're worried about that email from work, just remember your tiny speck on a tiny yeah, marble. In a, you know, it's like, okay, great, but it doesn't uh, help hey, at all. Maybe let's find a different reason to, like, not sweat stuff like that at work. 
right because it because that has an effect on the on so much of the rest of our lives right i and i want to say like we I, we were talking about the ending and that vision of him in that place and going to that door and that, something i left out is like as as part of the ending there is uh, it, it, in as maybe his vision or whatever, or what we see at least, and this connects to the creation bit, is like the sun exploding and like destroying the earth. Mm. And right, there's that image of like the sun has gone supernova and you have this little yeah. black earth, you know, kind of gliding across right. it. And then it's this just completely destroyed, um, desolate right. planet. And, and right before that, there's like a little candle lit. Mm-hmm that's like on a table yep. and like the the like white blip of the candle is like similar position i'm looking at right yeah, now. yeah yeah so similar position to that black earth yes. in the fire yeah you know it's kind of cool yeah and then this really startling Im- images of like desolation and um and just you know nothingness and then it moves directly into that scene on the beach and yeah. and the resurrection and restoration and all of that and and it's it's almost like malik is saying like like yeah the the sun is gonna burn out but there's there is still significance and meaning and i think in his worldview there is there is a a future new creation heaven whatever um and 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 you know and that's that's a worldview that i share with him right like um there there is a hope and right. and so so actually the invitation to find significance now even though we're a speck whatever is is totally valid because because there is eternal hope and a hope for restoration and reconciliation between between family members and 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 uh and bitterness and angst and all of this i mean it's just amazing and yeah. and it's more powerful like you said, because it is put up against the immenseness of the universe. Yeah, something that we're used to, like, as, as a source of, of feeling insignificant. Yeah, 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 exactly. Okay, we could probably talk for another hour about this movie that you said I'm having a hard time talking about this. Uh, <laughs> uh, do you want to go to segments? Yeah, cue the music. Segment. Uh, Mitchell, do you have a favorite shot? It's funny. No. I, I think I think I maybe said this to you the other night, but uh, on the Blu-ray, I'd been watching some of the special features that I hadn't caught before, and one of them is like a video essay that a film critic had put together. And I was watching it, and I watched it. I started it just immediately after I finished the movie. You know, ten minutes later, mm-hmm. I put it on, and I'm looking at this footage, and there's scenes from the movie, and I'm like, I don't remember this happening. I don't remember just seeing this. I don't remember seeing this, and I'm like, no, I think it right. was there. But my point is, like, this movie is so rich. There's so much where I watch right. the movie and then watch someone take scenes of the movie, and I'm like, I don't think I just saw this <laughs> because right. I saw a million other things that had a bigger there's, effect on me. <laughs> there's just endless, yeah. endless beauty. That and yeah, that's I have like a top five I sure. can run through. I, but there's there's just so many like because of his style, his cinematography style. I, I heard someone explain it once, like the type of lens and the type mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. like movement and, and like the rig that he set up for himself so that he could be very mobile mm-hmm. and, and not require like, all right, sound stage and everyone's got the lighting perfect. And, you know, 
he, he moves with natural lighting, so mm-hmm. he can just run around capturing like the butterfly land on her arm at the perfectly right moment. Um, mm-hmm. But because of that, the whole movie is just inundated with relentlessly beautiful shots. Yeah. That's pretty hard to just pick one. Yeah. And declare your favorite. Yeah. So uh, you and I talked to this. Typically, we each pick one favorite shot and post on our Instagram. This week, probably just, I, th- I think it, it, I mean, it's, it'll just be nice to be able to post more. <laughs> Um, yeah. So we're probably going to do a little bit more this week, but you want to give me one or two years right now? Um, I'll, yeah, I'll give a couple. Yeah. So one is the sh- the upside down shot of the shadows. Until you're st- oh my gosh, you're still in my favorite shots it? again. Ah. <sighs> uh, partly because one, it's so fun to watch because mm-hmm. it's so trippy. Um, it's like the rhythm of the camera moving to that because it it not only shows that, but it does the camera going upside down mm-hmm. um, and the, showing this the shadows is, this to me playing. this to me is a perfect like frame of a movie yeah but what it also effectively for me is the nostalgia is so potent because in high like freshman year of high school what, what? I, you're you're literally describing what? like why this is like so affecting hit, to me but go hit on me with yours no no go on go on i want to hear well I, I was in a photography class, mm-hmm. same thing? Uh, no, no, not quite, no, not quite. so t- okay. tell us. Yeah, so I was in a photography class, and, you know, in high school, freshman, they just give you DSLRs and be like, go outside and <laughs> get a photo, you know? And so, but one of the photos I got was uh, was that basically mm-hmm. that shot, mm-hmm. and, like, you know, we thought it was pretty cool looking, and it was, like, unique, and it was, like, our shadows, like, doing things. Yeah. Um, but it just immediately brought me back to that mm. and kind of the, uh, you know, being excited about like yeah. a creative outlet, you know, and not being embittered by non Instagram followers. <laughs> but what, what was your experience with that? Uh, so, so I have a lot of nostalgia for it, uh, as I watch it and in a different way. So, um, so this shot is like, it's like, it's upside down. And you see the shadows are right side up of basically boys playing on a blacktop somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at it right now. And so you have this, you have the shadows and the boys playing. Obviously, that's just nostalgic for playing games on the blacktop at recess and after school. And this is this is why it's a perfect shot to me because it's it, there's so much of it that's working together. And if you haven't seen it, look it up, check check it out on Instagram. We'll try and post this early in the week, um, close to when the episode goes up, so people can refer to these because I think it's helpful. Um, but the the blacktop does not look like like on my commute to work right now. They just repaved the whole road, and mm-hmm. repaved new asphalt has a quality. It's that dark dark black. You know, right. it's it's really nice. It's smooth. This is like older. Textured. There's texture to it. There's a grayerness to it. So it, it it feels like something old and lived in, and yeah. and that is that in my mind when I think about playing on a blacktop, it looks like this in my mind's eye. The blacktop looks like this. It doesn't look like brand new. You know, freshly paved stuff. Uh, maybe it was, yeah. but in my mind, this is what it is. And then, uh, not only that, then you have this smattering of leaves um, on the blacktop. A little fall time action. And it's fall. And so now it's all the nostalgia of the season, of like a new school year and the the crisp air and, uh, you know, just, just playing outside and the days getting shorter and the shadows getting longer at, at, after school. Like, to me, and this is like, what, three seconds in the movie? <laughs> 
Right. And I feel all of that in waves over three seconds. It's insane. It's it's, it's insane. This is why I love movies. This right here, this shot could be like a thesis statement on why I love movies because there are, for me personally, there isn't another medium that so so effectively evokes everything I just described in in seconds. And this movie does it for two hours, three hours. (laughs) It's crazy. Over and over and over again. What what was... uh... What was one of yours? We'll, we'll kind of trade back and forth. Yeah. Um, so the other one for me is the dinosaur on the beach. It, okay. It, it's so it's such an arresting image for me, uh, and, and we already talked about it a little bit, but just because it's so unexpected, it is unexpected right. because it's the first moment where there's a dinosaur on screen, um, and it's like, oh, he really is going there. I think you'd seen some like marine creatures that are like odd looking up till this point. Um, right. But this is like, oh, geez, there's a dinosaur. And it's so beautiful. And just I think that recontextualizing something that is familiar but not um, often uh, used for its beauty and then putting it in that is is really incredible. It's one of my favorites. What about you? Yeah. Um, I think. I th- all the home stuff is so haunting to me. I know. And um, specifically, I love any moment in the movie where it's either shot from inside and it's um, shot from inside viewing out of their, like, screen door porch. Mm-hmm. Or um, he does a lot of stuff with, like, very thin curtains. Yeah. And, like, seeing through those curtains. Yeah. Um, those are some of mine. It's funny. I, Me and some friends... Uh, shot art directed a music video for a client because you know we do our creative we do creative work for people and um i pulled some inspo like still frames uh to pitch it to the client like hey the vi- we want the video to look like this yeah and i hadn't seen tree life mm-hmm. and i don't know where i got these images but there's there's a specific like three or four images from this movie that I sent to the mm. client like we want to feel like this and I had no idea one that they were from the same movie mm. or you know two that they were Terrence Malick Tree Life and so when I see those here one I'm immediately drawn to them and two it, yeah it just hitting home on that nostalgic piece again of the, the, the everything with the home um, I, I I feel deeply mm-hmm. so yeah. I'll probably post a cluster of those yeah. images. Yeah. And, and then real quick, my last one that yeah. just I was thinking about is the mom in the the glass coffin in the forest. Uh, it's like just it's pretty, like what a couple of seconds. Yeah. It's super quick, but the, it's and the fact that it's like two seconds of the movie and he set that whole up, uh, that whole scene up is is crazy. Yeah. Um, I'll give you one more of mine. Um, and so uh, this is this is kind of like for me one of my favorites of the in-home stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a scene we talked about. I'm sending it to you right now, but it's a scene we talked about um, earlier, uh, but it's it's RL, oh, the younger right. brother, playing guitar on the porch, and Brad Pitt is the dad playing the piece on the piano. And the way he frames it, it's it's what you talked about. It's a lot of that inside, outside. The camera will stay inside. The the, yeah. the action's on the outside. And here it's, it's happening in both. And he frames the sun in the space between the father and the piano. And so you get this right. one shot of, of these two kind of playing music in, in concert with each other, but there is such a, a distance that, that actually I think the shot helps 
highlight the uniqueness of this like moment. literal distance in the shot but also in their relationship literal distance in the shot but uh, but there is still a closeness you know it's not like they're on opposite sides of the frame they're they're right, right they're right next to each other so there is an intimacy that's happening but you still have a feeling of the distance between them right like um, he can't quite express the pride he has for his son yep or you know the excitement for that connection yeah and like the son is like this is the only way he knows how to try to connect to his dad maybe yeah know. uh cool but. that's favorite shots we're gonna post a bunch of stuff this week on that um boy i just love this there's movie too much there's good, there's too, too much. much good not not good goodness not to share yeah um all right i think we we know but letterbox <laughs> <laughs> on three one two three five, five stars star. yeah this is come on this is uh this is kind of automatic always in my letterbox top four faves um mm. and uh, this is an all-timer for me easy nice yeah well uh easy. so so yeah with that being such an easy segment uh let's introduce our new segment um what else are we watching uh, watching. And this is just a chance for us to talk for a minute or two about um, other things that we're watching that we're not going to do on the pod, but, you know, the, hey, maybe we're going to recommend or or whatever it is. Mitchell, what else What else have you uh, been watching? Uh, I watched Bo Burnham's Inside this oh, week. Oh, how was it? Uh, it was actually pretty amazing. Mm. In, in terms of, like, this guy for a year committing to shooting, writing, uh, performing this stand-up special or, you know, comedy special. It's really, it feels almost like a movie in a lot of ways, but mm-hmm. the fact that he shoots it all himself, all the lighting, all the songs, all the, and like some of the songs, especially up front, aren't my cup of tea yeah. subject matter wise. Cause they feel a little, um, like contradictions in terms of, I, I don't know. So, mm-hmm. Some of the content up front isn't my favorite, but mm-hmm. then, but like he's so, he's so entertaining and it, and I'm so impressed by what he does mm-hmm. with the special that I stuck with it. And overall it's, it's pretty, pretty amazing. So that, um, we watched mystic pizza <laughs> recently, uh-huh. uh, which was a fun Julia Roberts. Yeah. I've never seen this. Yeah. Uh, it's just a, like the, there's such a texture to movies in the nineties and the score too. Yeah. That, that feel really good. Um, Sarah put it on and that was fun. Yeah. And I watched the mirror. Yeah. The Tarkovsky just called mirror, the Tarkovsky. Yeah. Um, which if you're looking for a three hour or two hour meditation, really slow, really good. Hit that up with also layering of like the past and, and, and present, this is, future. this is a great segment. I haven't seen any of these movies. Come on. Yeah. It's yeah, great. I gotta, I, I, I gotta hop on Letterboxd. Yeah, you, you gotta record this. I didn't even know you've been watching this. You know what I've been watching. Yeah, I haven't logged some of these. Yeah. So um and I feel like maybe there's one other thing that I'm not remembering now, but maybe it'll jog my memory once you start telling me yours. Yeah, I I think about um two that I've watched in the, the last week with Tree Life, I watched um, Smooth Talk. So good. Um, with Laura Dern, like real early Laura Dern movie um, from the 80s. 
1985. Recently got a Criterion release. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, I watched it on the Criterion channel. It's just like really good. I'm like super impressed by it. I love the 80s of it all. Like it is. Yeah. It's it's one of those movies that is. I mean, it's a lot of the 80s movies, but um, it's so kind of like not self-conscious about itself. Um, right. And and it just is like we're here and it's, this is the era and we're going to be about it. Like, um, and Lord Dern's really good. And I kind of like this surprising ending. Um, not surprising in in plot, but just kind of what it ended up being, um, for me as I watched it, I thought it was awesome. And I was on an eighties thing because the other movie I watched was, um, the thing john carpenter's the thing oh nice have you seen How this that? no i have not it's crazy 1982 kurt russell uh it's kind of like john carpenter watched alien the original alien mm-hmm. and said hold my beer and did like some sort of weird creatures invade human bodies in an antarctica research station except it's stuff like this i just sent you an image um it's like weird body horror stuff like this oh i've seen this before (laughs) i've seen that yeah 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 um and and so it's like kind of taking the alien conceit of like the the chest burster or whatever like to just an extreme level uh and it's like it's weird I, it, like it's weird it's like got a, gotten it's on criterion right now it's kind of got this cult status it was like not well received when it came out um but it's it's i don't think it's i don't think it's only an interesting artifact like there were definitely moments where i was like oh this is really like this scene is really compelling this is suspenseful and yeah. and like some of the horror stuff is just like totally gruesome gross um yeah and and the effects are crazy. Like this stuff looks good still. Uh, so I, I watched the thing, the original 1982, the thing. Um, that's what I've been watching. Okay, that pretty much does it for our conversation on the Tree of Life movie we loved. Is are we adding it to our Hall of Fame? Our Hall of Fame that currently consists of Parasite, Lady Bird. I, I don't know, Mitchell, it's up to you. you this was I, your first time seeing it. so I say yes. Okay. It's, it's added to the Hall of Fame. I'll make an Instagram post. Andy, I really feel like we need a little jingle or something like a pop out of like when a movie is selected for Hall of Fame. So if you're listening, um, you know, hit us up. And we, and we might be able to throw some Benjis your way f- for the work. Uh, so Hall of Fame episode here, Tree uh, of Life in the Hall of Fame. What 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 do we have coming up? So this when this is coming out, yeah, is the week before Father's Day. So yes. our next episode will be dropping two days after Father's Day. Yes. That in mind, what have we selected for next week's episode? All right, last month for Mother's Day we did Aliens, which was great. Made total sense. Totally. Uh, this week we are doing a Father's Day movie, a movie I have never seen. Mitchell, you have seen it, uh, and this is uh, Noah Baumbach's 2017 "The Meyerowitz Stories," new and selected, I believe, is the full title. Parentheses. Yeah, parentheses. New and selected. Adam Sandler, Ben Stiller, Dustin Hoffman. This is Dustin Hoffman's second movie, I believe, for us. 
After the sure. Graduate. Um, sure. And it's a movie I've never seen, but I believe it's about some siblings and their relationship with their aged father. With their father. Uh, it's on Netflix. Yes. Quote, so this was a Netflix original. Netflix I, original. Yeah. One of the one of the first uh, good Netflix originals. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I because I've seen it. We were talking about this. We were talking about Royal Tenenbaums. But mm-hmm. we're we're gonna do kind of a deep dive on Wes leading up yeah. to French French Dispatch. So I think we might save that. But it's a it's a good good solid tough relationship with your dad sort of movie. So we figured it was perfect. Happy Father's Day. And uh, yeah, that'll be next week. Um, Till then, catch us on Instagram at Movies While They Sleep. Uh, Where you're gonna on. see lots of posts this week for our favorite shots of Trey Life. Yes, too many. Yeah. Uh, on Twitter at MWTS Pod, and uh, write us a freaking review on Apple Podcasts because we yeah. love it. We love the written yeah. word as much as yeah. we talk on here. Yeah, I love. Yeah, you know, here's here's something. Here's something new. If you write us a review, we'll read it on the podcast. We'll read our favorites. Yeah, we'll read our favorite reviews on the podcast. New, new little segment. We, but, we won't. But in order to do that, you gotta. Go. In order to do that, you gotta write a review. Gotta write a review. Yeah. Rate and review if you can. And uh, other than that, we will see you guys next week. For the Meyerwood stories. The Meyerwood stories. Good night, y'all. Bye. He's like, summer all I did was rest, okay? And New Year's all I did was stretch, okay? And Valentine's Day I had sex, okay? <laughs> and I'm like... It's the, it's the most Drake lyrics like the it's like what anyone would do maybe on those days <laughs>